Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. This week, we're chatting about the classic episodes. I'm the tape recording which revealed Sharon's big secret. Emma. And I'm the window cleaner who just couldn't get enough of Dan and Angie's domestics. Connor. It's a bit different this week. Have you missed those coffee shop catch-ups with your friends? How <laughs> do I have? Well, over coffee... We're going to have a casual chat about EastEnders classic episodes, so grab a drink and come and join us. Yes, I can't wait to spill some tea and drink some coffee. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And we will also be spinning our random randomizer. Woo! And wherever that wheel lands on, that's what we'll be talking about from the 2008 episodes. And of course, we have an unsolved mystery of Walford. Ooh. Fun and games as usual. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den! You bitch! You cow! I catch you cut. Hello, princess. Frank! Stice! Please in the fridge! Sausage surprise! Hope you enjoyed the fireworks! Good night! So, we're kicking off our coffee catch up. I hope Connor's got his ready because I've left mine downstairs. Mine's ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get mine ready for Sharon Gate. (laughs) I don't know who I was doing that pose for there as well. I've just done it again. I keep forgetting that we're not like, you know, on a screen where people can see where it's just me and Emma. I'm like holding my cup up going, ooh. (laughs) 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 No one can see that. We're kicking off our coffee catch-up with Den and Angie. Can't wait. We're going to just be a little bit more casual with this one. Because, you know, we've rounded up a lot of episodes, but we all have seen the classics, haven't we? Well, I would hope we all have. And so it's a little bit informal. We wanted you to kind of feel as if you're part of the conversation. Like we're all in Costa. One big Costa. We're all just having a catch-up. If you do want to get involved, please email us e20podcast at outlook.com. You can send us voice messages. You can even get us on Twitter at e20podcast or at e20 underscore podcast on Instagram. Message us your thoughts on these classic episodes and we'll add them into the podcast in two weeks time when we do more classic episodes. And you can join in our coffee catch up. Yes. Or you could always follow me on my OnlyFans. <laughs> yes, he does. I just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> I needed some money, so I just thought I'd join in. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'll get some right to pray of people, wouldn't I? I mean, I don't exactly look like an Adonis, so I would have some. I would have some right weirdos. What would you put on there? I don't know. I don't know. Like, have me like sitting there, like eating my crisps and drinking my coffee. Oh. Like that. You know what you could be? You could be one of those people that, you know, when people have these weird fetishes, you could be one of those that eats and people are enjoy watching you put photos of you eating on and videos. Like a sexualized mukbang. I could be like, (laughs) oh, loving this coffee. It's just warm down my throat. (laughs) Do you know what else you could be like? You could be like, I want that jam roll. So (laughs) dry my hole. little call back to Redwater, guys. Uh, anyone who's tuned in for the very first time to hear this will be very confused and probably think I've got some sort of food fetish. I don't. 
know exactly where we have to start this little coffee catch up. And it's the intro. That classic intro with the xylophone. Debbie sounded like a xylophone, didn't it? Do, 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 do. I was like, is a high school music class doing this? Like, Imagine like, if they got the recorder out to just start it. Oh my God, everything. To be fair, it? I would have preferred the recorder lessons if we got to do the standards theme tune. Imagine. <laughs> I would, do you remember when you were in like primary school and they'd be like they get the box of instruments out yes. and it was always like they like the wooden ones where I went ah, 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 ah. you get that and it'd be like <laughs> someone with a xylophone in the back do 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 and the kid that's on the timeout because they've been naughty is the one going doof 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 do, yes. do, do, on the table yes I love that <laughs> Why didn't they make that happen? That would have been everything. That would have been everything. But the classic, the classic intro is back. It's looking glamorous. It's looking fabulous. It's looking a little bit aged, but it still looks good. It's like a fine wine, isn't it? It's a fine wine, Emma. The the intro kind of kind of makes me feel nostalgic. It That's does. What it did. It, well, obviously we weren't born then, but we've seen yes. them. <laughs> Yes, of course. Yeah, I wasn't allowed. I'm not actually from the 1800s, guys. <laughs> oh, back in 1772, we didn't even have tallies. <laughs> but even like the 2008 ones, I'm thinking that's different. It's weird. It's yes. like, oh my God, yes. Like I get like so nostalgic just looking back, even though it's like secondary nostalgia or yeah, something. Same. Like, it's just like, it just fills you with that. Oh, they were simpler times before coronavirus and plagues. Before Dominic Cummings' journey to Barnard's Castle. And, you know, before all of the madness that has occurred this year. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm chuffed that in the news. We just got that Peggy and Pat's classic. You bitch! Yeah, cat is going to be one of the classic episodes! Yes! what we've been waiting for oh i can't wait i can't wait i woke up to that this morning i was like oh my god i know best news in the whole world but before we go into all that let's talk about these classic episodes starting off with den and angie and den being the wonderful husband the man of the family he's been walking his poodle i have missed that dog i have to be honest good that old roly oh most glamorous dog to ever be on that square, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I was like, I want one now. I want one. And I lived for later on when Andrew sat with her, keep bitching with her, gossiping with her. She was like, she was like I'm never going to let that cow have him. I'm never going to let that cow. Come on, come on, let's think of a plan. Let's get a plan together. I love it. I love her and her evil scheme of poodle. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird when it panned to the Vic and it was these very dark, brownie mustardy colors yeah <laughs> compared to the red vibrant colors we've got today oh it's so crazy isn't it you forget that the vic doesn't always look the same throughout yeah. all of history i think because and... you've seen it red so long that you kind of forget and it's not until you go back and you think oh yeah yeah it was so weird seeing the vic looking like one of those pubs the the, the pubs that would smell of steel cigarettes and hobs <laughs> And maybe B.O. <laughs> That's kind of what the Vic looked like. 
You could smell that coming through the telly, couldn't you? You Stick- could smell the cigarettes. Sticky carpets. Yes! Definitely a sticky carpet club. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that that was giving us, them vibes. The grey and the brown. Some lovely colour choices back then. <laughs> Why didn't I like colour back then? Well, I don't know, actually. What do you know? Like, you look back at those times and, like, you think, it was a bit drab, wasn't it? Because even the interior, when you think, when they went upstairs, that was a lot of browns and stuff as well. Let's just talk about the 60s, like, stylings of that, like, you know, apartment section of the pub. I was like, I thought this was going to be the 80s, not, like, the 60s. Like, you know, if you go to your elderly grandparents, they tend to have those those 60s-styled kitchens. That's what that was given us. I was a bit like, oh, my God. I don't know why this become interior decorating with Connor again. <laughs> Uh, those drapes were disgusting. <laughs> so, what did you think of um of the, <laughs> of the kitchen? Because I thought it looked a bit like a crackdown. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, the the kitchen of the Vic never really changes. But yeah. there, I was like, oh, you had this before you. <laughs> you thought <laughs> of maybe decorating. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just tear that whole kitchen out because it looks like it's probably had a murder scene in it. It does. Leo's lying there. (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it. I was just a bit like, no wonder Sharon thought there was ghosts in the attic. I know. Something a bit haunted in it. I loved it because this scene with Angie, is Angie not just our... Were we inspired by Angie when we wrote our fan fiction characters? (laughs) Because she was giving me proper, like, vibes from us where she was like, well, we've got to talk about the staffing problems. You know, I I need a day off. And I was just like, oh, my God. And she's that person. She bought the pub, but doesn't actually want to work there. That is us. We're inspired by a legend. We are. We've clearly been, she's, she's entered our bodies, she's entered our minds, her spirit is in us. That's clearly what happened. We were channeling Angie Watts. Like, that is what's happened, clearly. Also, living for the fact that Lofty's, like, having his day off because he's got asthma. She's like, can't work yet. All the cigarette smoke. I'm like, well, then maybe it was a poor decision to join the pub that allows smoking. Pauline's there. Pauline's taking over the cleaning. She'll get all the goss that way. I mean, Ooh. come on. Speaking of cleaning. Exactly. Cleaner, Speaking of cleaning and the gossip. Oh, he was living. He was like, doo-doo-doo. oh, sorry about that. Just, just, just clean the Imagine getting that drop, He's like the extra, but in a way, he was a star. <laughs> I was like, who is he? Who is this mysterious blonde man wiping down the windows? I mean, anything could happen. If I was in that kitchen, I could be standing there in my, my sexy lingerie and he's looking in. <laughs> Listen, I'll flirt with anyone. <laughs> I'll have anyone in the square so as, as long as they're attractive, reasonably attractive. <laughs> I love how you go down to, well, reasonably if I have to. <laughs> Yeah, it's already gone down. <laughs> Two minutes in, it's like, well, I could go maybe with an ugly. <laughs> oh, and can we just talk about Den and his ugly words? I mean, something's just never changed, do they? Den's attitude to women is still as revolting as it ever was. Yeah. When he's like, listen, sex makes a marriage and we've not had any of that. I'm like... Well, your wife does have alcohol problems and uh, you're off screwing a bunch of other women. So maybe that's contributed, Ten. Maybe that's contributed to that department. 
I also live for his like overreactions as well, where he's like flipping the table over and stuff. He's <laughs> like, well, stop cleaning! <laughs> <laughs> do you know why I became Lance from Redwater there I was like what oh, are yes! you doing what next up your hole with a big jump roll <laughs> you know how the window cleaner was one star of the show one underrated star of the show yes. you know who the other one was the washing machine oh. mm. <laughs> I have to say as sound effects go that was the best <laughs> that is my all time favourite I mean we've had a lot of sound effects <laughs> for the trains and and you know the yeah noise for scary um we've had a lot oh the good shot that louise oh, heard yeah. miles away the force was with her the force was with louise that night and and now we've got the glorious washing machine it gave me like flashbacks to my mom's because my mom's washing machine does that mine my does mom. too it's, it's like it's taken off or something and my grandma always makes a comment she always goes Jesus, it's like it's going to come off the wall. It's going to come off the wall. <laughs> well, the other day, ours was so loud. Now I was sat in the living room, but it felt like it was really close by, even though it's not, it's in the utility room. <laughs> it's like, it's coming through. Like in the I room. said, do you think I'm going to turn round <laughs> and that it's going to suddenly go past where we're going to go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way out the door, off on its travel. <laughs> off to Barnard's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what do you call it? Brum. Remember the car, Brum? Yes! It's the washing machine. It just goes up on its travels. <laughs> just rolling along. <laughs> I was just thinking it was like a horror film. Like, you just look at it. It's just coming out the side of the door. Like, <laughs> No joke. There was a horror film that was about an industrial furnace that came to life. So you never know. Oh, maybe. Could have been a horror film out of your washing machine. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> the haunted washing machine <laughs> but washing machines aside uh, some things just weren't going to wash with Angie and Dan's little confession about running off into the distance with his new love interest well Angie couldn't allow that her and her poodle of darkness couldn't allow that sitting there like Dr. Evil stroking she's like I'm not going to let this happen I've got an idea and so she's like you're right Dan we should get a divorce. I mean, you know, things just aren't working out for us. Things have not been right for a long time. And she's going straight through, really laying it on thick, and he's starting off for this. She's like, we should be amicable about this, civil. Yeah. But I've got to tell you something, Dan. I think I've been meaning to tell you for a while. And he's like, oh, you're on about your alcoholism. I've already spoke to Dr. Leg. Right. He spoke to Dr. Leg. Now... Yeah. What happened to patient confidentiality? I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I love like... Dr. Leg. How everyone's like, oh, he's the most trustworthy doctor. <laughs> love him. Man of the square. Loveliest doctor you ever meet. Well, clearly not. He's telling everyone's blooming secrets. I wouldn't go and see him. I certainly wouldn't either. I mean, oh, I say as Doc would say. I know. How dare he? How dare he? So yes, Dan knows all about Angie's drinking, boozing it up. But Angie's like, that's not what I was meant to be telling you, Dan. So what does she tell him, Emma? She has six months to live. I have to say, I absolutely forgot how amazing Anita Dobson was. She was such an icon. Oh my God, she was amazing. Especially when she was doing all the crazy manic laughing. and Yes! Yeah. 
unhinged, keep plotting and being like, you're right, Dan, we should get a divorce. And then she would be like, but I've got cancer. And the way she was just manically cleaning and stuff, and it, yes. it just felt quite real. It did, didn't it? That's what I, I feel like they need to bring a little bit more of that mm. realism into oh, like yeah. current EastEnders. Yeah, because that was more just two people chatting, really. And that's yeah. the kind of vibe you get from a lot of the older ones. Well, now it's, we must go debt collecting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now because my daughter tried to kill herself and my wife has been forced to run, go on the run, I'm going to go debt collecting for no reason. <laughs> yes, that's believable. Martin Fowler tried to murder people. Yeah, very believable. <laughs> Not that we hold, you know, hold grudges or anything. Not that we hold onto these things, but we just never forget them. We always remember. But whilst we're on our little trip down memory lane, I just have to give one gigantic shout out to Angie and Den for bringing us the realism, for bringing us the unhingedness, and also for that final moment where Angie triumphantly smirked at the screen. Oh, that smirk was everything, wasn't it? Because oh. he's now not going to leave her. He can't leave her. He wants to help her. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Insert evil laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they are like just two icons of EastEnders, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Totally. Total icons. Great choice for first classic episode and great choice of characters to choose as well like to focus on like that's just every Dan and Angie are basically EastEnders like that's without a shadow of a doubt so I've got my drink now so I'm fully ready for the next one and we're going to chat about Sharon Gate <gasps> oh I'm just going to take a sip of this lovely hot tea <laughs> that's actually coffee <laughs> <laughs> well we might not be drinking tea, but we're certainly going to be spilling some all over Sharon Gate. Can I just say, the scene where Grant is in that car, listening to that recording over and over again, still iconic, still legendary. I was like, you could just imagine his fury building and building as he's listening to it. And then I, I love that line where it goes, one minute, I was looking at him, and the next... Picture, roll up your hole. No, what are you talking? <laughs> what are you talking? One minute I was looking at him, and the next, from each other's clothes off. I was just like, why is that just like the most perfect little little line from Sharon to describe her relationship with Phil? How it's always just random. Mm. It's always chaotic. Mm. It's always at the expense of others. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> Went over to Kathy's uh, apartment and just decided to sleep with Phil. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> I love it. So the tape was because Michelle was interviewing Sharon for something. It was someone's <laughs> project. And she just forgot to turn the tape off. Ooh. Well, I guess Michelle's not going to get far in that field then. Cause, uh... <laughs> can't have her on the podcast if she can't be pressing the buttons. Remember the time? This is true. We recorded something, and I feel like she would do this, um, yeah. for ages. And I, I quickly looked down because I thought, hang on, something's not right. I didn't press record at all. <laughs> I was so like, oh, my God. It was like a whole hour of recording, <laughs> just not non-existent. Not there. 
<laughs> Can't be having those mistakes again, so Michelle's not coming on. Mm-hmm. Michelle, I'm sorry, love, but uh, you'll have to take your political science project somewhere else. I mean, I do love in the recording where, she's, where Sharon says, you know, Phil was the nice side of Grant. I didn't think Phil was the nice side of anything. Like, I think he's got soft moments, but generally I think he is just as mean. So Grant, he goes in, he plays that tape. I mean, I have to say, I live for the fact that, like, they're all having a good dance. They're having a good jig, aren't they? Yeah, having Carol a good Jackson time. Carol left the kids at home. She's out, <laughs> out dancing. As out soon dan- as she popped up, I was like, oh, no, Connor's going to be furious. <laughs> I literally, I hate her with a vengeance. Honestly, I really do, you know. Listeners, how do you feel about Carol Jackson? Because, honestly, I don't mind if you like her. I don't mind if you despise her. You could think she's a god. I, I literally don't mind. I just want to know, how do you actually feel about Carol Jackson? Because to me... You know what? To... This this really does feel like Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, except it's Connor and Carol Jackson. <laughs> For that bitch, Carol Jackson. <laughs> yeah, actually how, feels I like I need it. to know how everyone else feels because I feel like I'm going crazy every time she's on screen. She does me head in. Carol's what my grandma would call a good time girl. <laughs> I have to give her compliments on her actual dancing. That was some good moves. Oh, they were good. Too bad they came to an end when Grant just decided to ruin, ruin it. Put, put Sharon's <laughs> confession on. Oh, I, I was... always love this too. <laughs> One minute I was just looking at him. Yeah. Ripping each other's clothes off. Clothes off. <laughs> Bill was always the nice side of Grant. Nice side of Grant. Yeah, <laughs> love it. What a classic tune. Classic tune. That you know confession. what? If I was really enjoying the song and then he put that on, I would not be amused because I'd be like, well, can you put that one back on, please? Because I was having a good time. His life's destroyed. You're like, get that song back on. <laughs> listen, I paid good money to be here to listen to Abba. Get that bloody song back on. <laughs> I am the dancing queen. Dancing queen. <laughs> you just start singing it yourself. <laughs> I have to say that his face, the minute that he put that on and just staring at them, that tearful rage was just something else in that moment he gave me such an emotional range in just his eyes he was like oscar worthy he was like it's like sharon look at my eyes i mean you had such good people at the forefront of that didn't you you had grant you had phil you had sharon and then for this you had kathy as well it's amazing oh i absolutely love when Kathy just turns to Sharon, when Sharon goes, Kathy, it's not what you think. And Kathy just goes, you slut! <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Kathy in the early days. Like, she's just everything. I love her. That's back before she gave drugs to Rady. I don't oh, yeah. <laughs> And pretended to be dead. <laughs> yes, before she pretended to be dead, she was wife to Phil, mother to Ian, you know. The good old days. The good old days. And she still days. looks the same age. God, how... What is her secret? Child sacrifices? Like, she looks astonishingly well. Oh, my God. Amazing. And can I just say that Sharon looks younger now as well? God. <laughs> than honestly, she did then. Those two women. Can I age they... like these women, please? Yes. Have they discovered, like, the secret to eternal youth? <laughs> 
It's unbelievable, isn't it? I'll tell you who else hasn't aged a day. Pauline Fowler. Oh, Miss Pauline so much. Icon. Like, watching these scenes. Oh, it breaks me heart. I love when she's like, everyone's leaving because obviously Grant's just dropped a bombshell. Well, I loved it because Michelle's just like, I think everyone should leave. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. I want to stay around for this. Carol's like, I want to be dancing, man. <laughs> Put the song back, back on. on. I just, oh, honest. It was just everything, that that episode. And I especially loved the shiapia that everyone had of Grant. <laughs> I found it really weird. It was like... Everyone was scared he was going to do something really bad, but yeah. they wanted to find him, but they didn't want to find him because they were scared. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pauline leaves. She's like, how could they be so stupid? She knows what Grant's like. And then Ricky and Bianca, by the way, they look absolutely amazing in this. <laughs> the years as well. Love that. Stand on the little umbrella. Oh. Just, just watching the scenes. Good time. And then, and then I love when Bianca just turns to Ricky and goes, He's a nutter about Grant. <laughs> and everyone's like really terrified of him. Michelle's scared of Grant coming back. That was just like, what if he comes back? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's not Jaws. It's not like James and Pauline's from like, you know, camp, uh, what's it called? Um, Friday the 13th. It's not like he's going to come through the door with like a machete. I, I don't imagine. remember homicide. You know, when that Nigel guy was looking for him, the closer he got, he should have went, dirty. Let's talk about Nigel when he turns around and goes, You know, I always said Grant had three moods happy, miserable, homicidal. Well, the third one's a little bit off because he's never killed anyone. (laughs) I was like, Why are you all so absolutely terrified of this man? Yes, you let him serve your drinks in the pub. Yeah, most evilest, scariest man on the planet, but they'll have a drink off him. Of course. <laughs> also, I'm obs- be back around tomorrow, man. She'll be around for dance. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Nigel just walking around looking for Grant. Like, oh. e, in that big long court, the, the <laughs> eight trench courts. I absolutely adore that. That's like just everything. Isn't he it? looked to me like a really bad detective searching for him because obviously yeah. he gets to where he was and just walks straight past again. <laughs> I love her. He's like, can't find him. Might go to the pub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of that, Michelle's just chucked everyone out. Then Arthur comes back in because Pauline makes them. Um, Nigel and his wife come in. Everyone's just coming back in after they've been chucked out. <laughs> it's because Michelle's scared of Brad. <laughs> She's terrified. <laughs> He's like King Kong. He's just going to smash the doors down. He'll be climbing the building. <laughs> Like when I was like, Kochia! And like running. They're all running. <laughs> that is literally what it was like. Grant! <laughs> no! <laughs> I just died. I mean, what was Arthur Fowler going to do if Grant came back to the pub as well? Paulie would have been better off guard across. She's harder than Arthur. They could have made it into like a, ho- a horror film and have. <laughs> Grant's face just appear at the window and like lightning and they'll go ah! <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's just running 
He's back! <laughs> oh, the shining do that. Here's <laughs> Grant. <laughs> Put an Astra at the door. It said it's a wrench from the garage. <laughs> Oh God! Honestly, the reaction was something else. I was crisping. What did everyone else think? Like listeners, what did you know? All our, our friends out there, what did you think of Grant's like the fear towards Grant? It was just something else to me. Ever, I could stop laughing. Grant, I'm going to call him Grantzilla from now on. Grantzilla. <laughs> <laughs> go from the comedy that is that to like the sheer emotion of like grant but also and she's understated in this whole scenario kathy oh yes no one talks about her reactions she was actually devastated i think she really loved phil and the bit where she just goes off and cries that was what broke my heart i was like oh me wonder she's dealing drugs like 10 years down the line had to pretend to be dead for a few years. <laughs> yeah. I just, I felt so sorry for us sitting there alone in our little apartment, like just crying. I was just like, oh, Kathy, you don't even get half the, the credit you need yeah. for like this. Yeah. I did love that she just like, right before the watershed, is like calling like, <laughs> like, Sharon every other minute, like some other profanity. You know what My I favorite. like? I love that because we're, we're obviously getting these early ones and they're not yeah. bleeping anything out so you're like getting the full effect and i'm like eat off seven guys but my favorite my favorite insult from kathy it's not the worst swear that came out of her mouth has to be <laughs> shut your mouth you dirty cow <laughs> <laughs> that's an understated classic line if you ask me <laughs> i know i thought that was quite funny <laughs> den and angie dropped some big ones though didn't they i was like ooh, it's half seven I was a bit like, ooh, they were a bit risky with some of these Yeah. They used to just do anything in the classic era. <laughs> <laughs> no boundaries. <laughs> Phil goes and finds Grant. Uh, he says, like, come on, hit us, hit us. And Grant's like, did you think about me the whole time? And he's like, I thought about you the whole time. I was like, <gasps> I ew, no. <laughs> it, was, it was this line. It was, thought about you. Your face mm. whenever I was whenever I was with her. And I was just like That was the wrong time to take a drink, by the way. I was like, Emma's <laughs> <laughs> just choked on a drink before me. Um I think in the way that you said it, it just came across as very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about your brother's face while sleeping with his wife. Okay. Okay, Phil. Like we all deep down know he meant that when he went to go and yeah. pursue Sharon, he you know he thought he shouldn't it's his brother but, but that came care. out totally wrong yes. and made you think <laughs> my favorite line from this whole situation was when like phil was saying how much he, he loved grant and stuff um and grant just turned around and just went you want to know what love is and i was like i want to know, know what, what love is, is. i didn't say but then, <laughs> but then um but then grant just totally took it a different direction it was like Love's not wanting to, is wanting to slam your face into that wall and not doing it. I just love that whole scene. I was like, yeah, Grant, maybe that's why Sharon kind of thought she might need another man if if that's what you think love is. You know when he was punching Phil and then he put him in that hole? That, yes. I still can't remember what that's called. Remember when we, Don't we know that, what that hole is. No. Whatever it is. Where Danny and Phil used to have their little hideout and stuff. That's what we said once, didn't we? Yeah. 
Well, it's got to be like some secret. Where they do like, all the gaming. <laughs> yeah, it's like a secret um, chamber, <laughs> panic room. We had this whole thing last time where we're like, what's it called? It's, it's where the car is. It's the big yeah. hole. <laughs> well, Phil's been down there a few times, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Goodness me. A lot me. of people have been down that hole. He forgave Grant so he can forgive Stacey. So, you know, let's move that on. <laughs> but do you know what's not down that hole? A big time roll! <laughs> 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 Maybe Phil went down there actually to find a jam roll. Grant was just like, "Come on, Phil, you need to go and find it. Find that jam roll, and I'll forgive you." <laughs> it wasn't blood on his head; it was a jam roll. It's jam. <laughs> I love it. You're right, though. He loves that hole. It's like a Look vacation it? spot for yeah. us. And that's where it ended for we, didn't it? <gasps> where he's just lying there. Nigel's just come in at the right time. Finally. To, to find Phil. Finally, he's finally arrived. <laughs> Took him about, you know, three hours after he left the pub to find Grant. But, you know, he's found him in the end. Um, that's what matters, isn't it, he's Nigel? He's found Grantzilla. Yeah, he's found Grantzilla. And he's not afraid of Grantzilla. Favourite scene of the week. Our favourite scene this week is the window cleaner coming into the Vic to clean Den and Angie's windows. Can I just say, that window cleaner is the nosiest person in the whole world. One minute, he's at the windows, quite uh, quite normally, just wiping down the windows. That's fine. Then Angie leave the room whilst he's doing that. Suddenly, he's at that window. He's now wiping <laughs> their windows down. And then, they leave to go all the way downstairs. And then he's at the downstairs windows, wiping the windows down. I was like, that man is not wiping windows. He is listening in. <laughs> this, is, this is some spy or something. And the, the bit that broke me, though, I just start fell over laughing you just turned around and you stood at the kitchen blooming door you're like sorry sorry have you just let yourself in walked upstairs into someone else's house and started on their windows that's like that's when you know you've took your job way too far like <laughs> you've, if my window cleaner came into my house i'd be like excuse me you don't go come in have a yeah. cup of tea as well. How we sit down? I'll tell you all about yeah. my domestics. We'll just chat about what's been going on, make you a drink, have some food yeah. actually while you're here. I just think it's because she also bumped into him on the stairs and everything. He was always yeah. inside the house. Well, in the vic. It's great. It's just great. <laughs> and that is why it's our favourite scene of the week. So as this is a bit different, we're not going to have hero or slapping down or any ratings. What we're going to do is decide our favourite episode out of the two every two weeks. And this week it goes to the iconic Sharon Gate. I mean, Sharon Gate by itself is such an iconic episode because that is such a one where you go, do you remember Sharon yeah. Gate? Do you, like, do you remember when Dan and Angie... Dan gave uh, Angie the divorce on Christmas. That's what Sharon Gate is. It's like one of those nostalgic and amazing moments. I mean, just that that whole line. One minute we're just looking at each other, the next, ripping each other's clothes off. I just, it's just something else about it. Grant's crazy eyes and like reaction. Oh, don't make episodes like that anymore. Everyone was really excited for it, which was great. And and when you think of EastEnders, as you say, it's one of those that you think of. Yeah. It is. It's one of those ones that makes makes you think of the show. I love the excitement online for it. Everyone was like really excited to see Sharon Gate again. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh my God, I love her. So Sharon Gate is our first winner. 
So we're about to spin the random randomizer. And it, wherever it falls, wherever its arrow falls upon, that will be the episode from the 2008 series that we talk about. I love, I love how I said like series as if it's like, you know, like different seasons. <laughs> it's series eight. <laughs> so let's spin it. And it has fell upon. <gasps> it's Frank's funeral. Oh, that was so sad. I mean, it's also the saddest episode, but it's also one of the best. <laughs> so oh, yeah. So many returns. So many great characters. Oh, I, I mean, miss them all dearly. Oh, some of them characters. I mean, you've got Ricky, his sisters, Pat's like being our best widow, Pat. It's just, it's just everything. Every time I see Pat, I just think, why? Why did they kill her off? Why? I, I will never forgive and I will never forget. I actually, I'm devastated when you watch these episodes because... You see how good Pat was? Oh, she was so good. She was, shouldn't have she'd gone too soon, Emma. Gone too soon. Way too soon. She could have been a great grandma and everything on the square. Oh, she would still be going round, giving advice, <sighs> arguing with people as well. Oh, just oh. miss her. She could still be arguing with Shirley. <laughs> oh. The good times. The times. But when Shirley and her had that fight and... She threw Shirley onto the car. The good times. times. So yes, back to the funeral. Whilst we're discussing this one episode, we're going to start where the only place to start really, isn't it? In a Frank-centric episode, you have to start with the most important women in his life. And that is Peggy and Pat. Yes. The legends. The oh, icons. That kitchen scene, Emma. That kitchen scene where they were discussing Frank and stuff and, and, you know, talking about the good old days and then Peggy was, like, not as, yeah. you know, in love with the good old days. She wasn't <laughs> She wasn't looking back misty-eyed at those days. She was like, I can't believe you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the difference between them during these scenes. Yeah. Such contrast, because she was like, he was a liar, a charlatan. Like, and Pat's like, he was the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I really love that it still affects their friendship now. Like, at that point, like, they'd settled their differences a long time ago. But with Frank dying, it brings all mm. those issues back. And, like, even Peggy says herself, you know, the worst part wasn't that they had an affair. The worst part was that they were sleeping together and laughing about her behind her back. That's what she hated. And, like, then you get the argument escalates and stuff. And I love it because Peggy's like, will you listen to yourself? (laughs) And I just love that. That's just, like, iconic as well. Will you listen to yourself, you stupid old tart? (laughs) I just think, oh. I love a Pat and Peggy argument. They're so good. Me too. They're almost just, I have to say, there is another person who almost comes up to that level, and that is when Pat and Big Mo argue, because I loved what she used to say all about how Pat used to be a prostitute. She's like, you old prosy! It's like my favourite bits. And obviously in this part we get the throwback to an iconic moment. You bitch! You cow! Oh, 
don't make lines like that anymore, do they? No. What a flashback. Every time you hear that line, you always think of that scene where Pat and Peggy are dressed in like totally contrasting colours. Yeah. Like proper pop 80s colours. It's like <laughs> bright fuchsia pink and like bright blue on the other side. And they're just like... Crap, crap with each other. <laughs> I'll flame it well, kill ya. I just, oh, sends you straight back to that moment. It was so good. But also sad that they, their friendship was like obviously fracturing. And it was all over Frank. So I think he would probably be pleased with himself, to be fair. You know, he always liked having the women fighting over him. He always loved having both them in his life. So the fact that they're both united in his death, even if it is just to argue, I'm sure he would be thrilled. <laughs> Well, we've got some returning faces to the square as well, don't we, Emma? So many. There's Ricky, Diane, Janine. Ricky's random girlfriend, who no one knows. Do you know what's weird? In one way, it kind of does seem more realistic, though, because we've all been at funerals where someone in the family has <laughs> randomly brought their brand new girlfriend or brand new boyfriend, and like they don't know the person's getting buried or anything, but they're there anyway. Even then, at the weddings, I'm like, unless I know them, I don't really want them there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's not like a random party where yeah, plus one. Like if you go on a night out in a nightclub, take a plus one. Fair enough, we can cope. But weddings and funerals, mm, kind of need to know who that is, or it's a bit odd. I still think there's some things that are just kind of sacred in their own right, like not in a not in a spiritual way, but just sacred that it's like it's something that's shared between those who you yeah. love and care about, and funerals and. Weddings are not a place that you just bring vandals. Like, you just don't. And Melinda is one of those people who just thinks it's completely appropriate to come along to a man's funeral, a man who she's never met, just because it's the father of her boyfriend. That is weird. I will be deeply offended, like, if that was... If I was organising that funeral. She's lucky it was Pat, not me. <laughs> We'd be like, get out of our house. Yeah, get out of our funeral! <laughs> With all the newcomers, there's one person who's missing, and Ricky's not happy. Liam never really knew his granddad. Uh, also, it'll be so very, unless... very ups- it'll be very upsetting as well. And yeah. you, and you've got to like think of Liam in this situation. It's up to him whether he wants to go or not because of his age. It's a very upsetting time. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, normally, we would be, like, you know, somewhere else or, like, maybe outside in the cars, but we wouldn't be, like, in the service where everyone's, like, wheeling with, like, you know, grief. I mean, I don't think that's an appropriate place for Liam. I thought this episode was, like, so sad, though, because they showed all the flashbacks of, like, Pat and Frank so happy together. And then, obviously, we obviously know with Frank's funeral, Mike Reed who played Frank also died so that was like so sad like yeah. I was literally like I'm crying again watching it it's just sad and I just think he was such a wonderful actor and like he really you know take care of yourself babe I always I just love Frank like he is quintessential EastEnders but more than that he's also the most realistic I think of almost all of the cast he encompassed exactly what you would imagine like you know a bit of a Dell boy a bit of a um a, a cockney lad like mm. you know he had all of those elements he was like he was proper east end he was he was proper east end and he was also like 
a loving father and things, a struggling human being. He had lots of faults. And he never, like once he hid them from his lovers, he never hid them from us viewers. Like we all saw how bad he was in his worst. And I just think he was the most human of all of the cast. I really, really do. I loved his he, character. I love Frank. Yeah, it was. he had a, a magic to him. He had a magic to him, and it was so sad when he, he went. And I think it's really good how how they dedicated that episode to him. Like, every single part was revolved around Frank. Yeah. It, yeah. Whether it was his family members, or they were always talking about him. We saw the funeral, which we never seen him. Yes, that's a good point, Emma. We never see the blooming funerals for anyone. And back then, when they were doing all the little bits and pieces, like voiceovers or flashbacks, it worked. Especially for that as well. I think because it's in the right moments. You don't want it every episode. You don't want special sound effects every episode. You don't want special scenes every episode. The fact is they hadn't done that really before. And then when they did it on this episode, it felt right. It felt genuine. It felt like you were flashing back with Pat. And she's looking onto that square, seeing her wedding day play over and over again. It was a really nice like, tribute to someone who was EastEnders. Yeah. And for Pat as a character... I think she always thought, you know, I know Frank and her were over a long time ago, but I always think Pat thought one day mm. they would be back together. It would be them. You know, even if it's like an old people's home that they would meet again, they would somehow come back together and they would go out together. It's just sad that they didn't. I know. I think they both loved each other. Like, yeah. Frank definitely loved Pat. Oh, absolutely. She's it's, the only one for yeah. yeah. Deep down, it was it's, always Pat. It was always Pat. But do you know who else loved Frank? The one who loved him the most, maybe. Janine. And she's just come back for the funeral. And I love Pat and Janine. Their scenes. Oh, Pat and Janine. I used to love whenever Pat called Janine and she had, um, what was it, Fat Pat saved in her phone. <laughs> Fat Pat, yeah. <laughs> I used to love that way. I, I love when uh, Judy was like pretending to be like, you know, totally a, a good, a changed person. You were always a mum to me, really, weren't you, Pat? And she's like, Janine, she's not going to fall for that, man. She's known you all of your life. She knows you're a manip- manipulator. You do have a soft spot for Pat, and she has a soft spot for you, but you also are a little bit evil. Like, you are. I love their relationship as well. They were another iconic parent. Oh, they so are. When you think of like epic rivalries, them two definitely stand out. And Pat was wearing a beautiful red outfit to the funeral. I mean that scene where she just goes, you always said you loved me in red. This one's for you, babe. She took it all off. It's the most like, the most dramatic thing in the world. It's like the phoenix rising or something. She's like, (sighs) this beautiful red dress just flows out. And I love it. She's like the Scarlet Lady as well, isn't she? Yeah. You know, like they always say that whenever someone's got a mistress, the Scarlet Lady, the Scarlet Woman. That's kind of what Pat always was. I also loved when she opened the present that he left for and it was the bow tie. Oh. Oh, that was amazing. She'd put it on and then it flashed back to her the time he was <laughs> with it on. Because <laughs> she said, I wouldn't go with you again unless he came to my door, um, like in your birthday, with only your birthday suit on and a bow tie. And he did it. That's (laughs) Frank and Pat, isn't it, man? That is what they are. Oh, love them. But whilst this was all about Pat and Frank and Frank's family, there was one relationship in this that was just as important as all of those others, 
and that was Peggy and Pat's relationship. And at first, Peggy was willing to just let let Pat be the the mourning widow by herself. She's through with her. She's still in, uh, you know, an old torch. She didn't want anything to do with her after all those arguments. But then when she gets to the funeral and sees Pat, well, you can't stay mad at friends, can you? And so she goes over to support her best friend. That was so lovely when they sat together and then they just took each other's hands. That would be like me and Emma if we had like an affair with like a significant (laughs) other. Like that would be what me and Emma would be. (laughs) I'll be there in your red dress. (laughs) (laughs) This one's for you, babe. Wearing the bow tie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You'd be in your widow's widow's feel. (laughs) Are we going all out there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe we could do that for the next fan fiction why not <laughs> <laughs> i love it but it was when those doors shut on his on his casket as it goes in it really did truly feel like an end of an era so sad we end the episode mm-hmm. with bianca being thrown out because bianca is now homeless so we're bringing back Linda's loose lips. Yeah. So I'm going to say some characters' names from the iconic episodes that we've just watched. He's turned me off on his end, yeah. so he can't hear me after this. I'm going to give him the thumbs up when I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm going to say the words and he's got to try and guess what I'm saying. And you're still going to be able to hear him because I've still got him turned on. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn you off. I'm yes. going to turn you off as soon as you do the thumbs up. We thought, why not give it a go this way? It could be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly going to be that, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Den Watts. Den Den Watts. Yes. Yay! Michelle Fowler. Michelle Fowler. Michelle... Michelle. Michelle Fowler. Yeah. Peggy Mitchell. Peggy Mitchell. It looks like it looks like Peg Mitchell. Oh, Peg, <laughs> Peg Mitchell. Peggy Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I just had this moment. Where I was like, I see Mitch. It is. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember Mitch having another name. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Beale. Kathy Beale. Oh my god. Kathy Beale. Karen. Kathy Beale. Kathy Beale! Yay! Oh my god. I was like sitting there thinking, I don't I can't I can't I can't tell what you're saying. You got them all right! Yay! Oh, yay! What do I win, Emma? What do I win? Absolutely nothing. Say it with me now. <laughs> Why was Billy stealing the post? Where did Phil go after the boat crash? Will Shirley ever find out about Kathy and Buster? Since when were Peter and Jay best friends? The, the unsolved, unsolved mysteries of Walford. We are back with another unsolved mystery of Walford. And this week's mystery is, where did Phil go after the boat accident? And we can honestly say, 
there is no evidence of where he went. But don't worry, because me and Emma have some theories. Oh, we have plenty. So obviously, Phil went from one boat to another. When we don't think it stopped there, we think the speedboat he went off with, that dropped him off at the ferry. And his first trip, well, he got on that ferry and he went to Amsterdam. <laughs> you just know that he'll be touring the sex museum and, you know, doing a little bit of those naughty cakes over there. But then on from there, who knows where his journeys may take him. He might visit the Pyramids of Giza. He might visit Paris. The Eiffel Tower, perhaps. Maybe he put a lock on Lovelock Bridge for Sharon. Then we thought places closer to home he could have also visited on his way back. So we thought maybe he went to Bamborough Castle. Maybe he went to York Dungeons. <laughs> Classic. He maybe checked his eyesight down at Barnard Castle. <laughs> Just to make sure he could get home so he could see Big Ben nice and clear. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he's one of those people who just rocks up on the day and goes on one of those tours around the Houses of Parliament. You just know that he'd be like, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm British now. Some activities we thought he could have done while he was away include bungee jumping. Shark caging off the coast of South Africa. And other places we thought he could have went, maybe the Grand Canyon. He's definitely went on the slot machine in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I mean, Phil's always losing money, so might as well go to Vegas, lose some more. <laughs> What about the Empire State Building? Sydney Opera House? Or maybe he went to Rome to see the grand and historic Colosseum. Perhaps he just visited Ireland to get some spiritual guidance from Father Dominic. I mean Dermot. Or maybe he went horse riding with Lance. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Galloping along the beach. <laughs> Helps clear the mind when you're doing it at midnight. Although they'll have to look out for that girl who tries to steal a horse. Well, I've got a few TV shows Phil might have been on whilst Ooh. he was on his travels. Maybe. Maybe Phil went on A Place in the Sun and he was actually looking for another holiday home. <laughs> another villa. Maybe a bit of escape to the country. <laughs> Maybe he went on coach trip with Grant. Oh my God, I would pay good money for that. Like, that would be an epic coach trip. How long do you think they would last? Oh, How long do you think they would last? I feel like they would play the game well, but also I think... Oh, I think people might be a bit scared of them, though, so they might not want to vote them off. So they might yeah. last a bit longer than you think they're going to last. But Do you think they would play the, like, the, the father role? You know how there's always that in the groups? There's always, the, like, the older men who, like, become the fathers of them. And they're like, couldn't vote them off. They're like, we're dads. I think they'll get really annoyed with everyone. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Five minutes in, Grant's already playing a recording that's like... <laughs> We just couldn't stop ourselves. We had to stay in bed all day. And even though it meant that everyone had to wait, we well, we just couldn't leave. We liked the hotel too much. I feel like they would be the two who would be plotting against everyone else and like how to vote them off and like work with other people to try and get them voted off. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would have an alliance. They oh, would have definitely. Or oh, perhaps, and my personal own belief, because I swear I spotted him the other day, Maybe he slipped inside a little blue police box and flew off back through time with Doctor Who to rescue Danny from his time, the untimely fate. Maybe. I just hope. I wish. So that's a couple of places, well, more than a couple, <laughs> that we think Phil could have been. 
And maybe he's just like Bex and he's been updating his travel blog. Stay tuned. As we love Grandzilla so much, we've decided to make a little performance for you of our own horror film, Grandzilla on the Loose. Am I worried? What if Grant comes back? There he is! Ah! It's Grandzilla! Everyone run for your lives! This week's episode was sponsored by Recordings by Michelle. Maybe you want to record some work for uni. Well, it probably won't work for that. But do you know what this is really good for? It's good for exposing your best friend's secret affair. Come to Michelle's Recordings. Disclaimer, we are not responsible for the fallouts and breakups. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.